Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. In this series, I'm interviewing board member candidates, and with me in this segment is Samantha. Samantha, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you doing? Not too bad. Um, I think this is interview number nine or ten. Got oh my god, back to back to back <laughs> tonight. So. Obviously, um, you know, I definitely wanted to offer this to anybody that was interested. And so you, although you're kind of towards the end, you do have the, the fortune, I guess, to have post town hall. So anything that you felt like you couldn't get across in the, the two minute time constraints, um, more than happy to expand upon that with you, but also just ask yeah. those same questions I've been asking, um, most board member candidates from, you know, um, that we got from the survey and the post. So, um, Let's just go ahead and start with a with a brief introduction. Uh, if you just want to do your sure. full name, what you're known for, and and we'll 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 get going. Yeah. So um, my name is Samantha Sayward. I live in Philadelphia. I work for the Alzheimer's Association. I've been playing dodgeball um, since I was probably 13, um, but I didn't join an official league until uh, 2018. Um, and I have to correct this because in the town hall, I said 2019. My first actual tournament was in early 2020. It was a women's uh, draft. So that was my first introduction to really USA dodgeball players um, and an event such as that. So that was the first event that I went to. Um, but yeah, now I own my own league in Philadelphia one day a week on Tuesdays um, and really excited um, to see that already starting to grow and we got our next league starting in a few weeks and then we have um, uh, we're expanding to Thursdays so we'll be doing two days a week starting in 2023. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Well that kind of touches upon the next question and that is um, what makes you qualified uh, to be on the board? Yeah, great question. And I just want to say first, I appreciate you allowing other people and myself to have a platform to expand and, and for other people to get to know us a little bit more. So I, I appreciate the platform. So I just wanted to express my gratitude first. Um, for sure. But uh, first and foremost, um, my career has been very unique. So I joined the US Navy when I was about 19. So uh, I was on active duty for five and a half years. Um, I was a hospital corpsman, which just basically meant that I worked in the medical field. I held a lot of different roles in the military, um, you know, first being, you know, overseas um, and working in uh, the flight line clinic, working in medical and then really moving up the ranks pretty quickly uh, in a very male dominated field, as you can imagine. So, um, you know, that kind of has, you know, I think in dodgeball being a very male dominated sport i've dealt with a lot of adversity and I, I have kind of that thick skin um to be able to you know field and deal with a lot of you know those issues that come up um for i think for women specifically or women you know people who identify as women in this space so i think that one that that you know my naval career has really shaped me for this type of role um and really you know i i led very large teams in the military i was you know a command fitness leader which just basically means that i led a lot of fitness events so i had you know very early uh leadership experience and organization uh, operation experience um, in my naval career. Uh, I separated in 2016 with my bachelor's degree and really, you know, was um, the military, you know, I, I, there's a lot of things that are great about it, um, but I had done my time and I was ready to um, move on and I found my passion in nonprofit management. So, you know, that uh, since 2016, I mean, that's really shaped me as a leader. 
um, and as someone who uh, has led really large um, events across the country. So I was a, a national uh, event manager, and then I also, um, you know, worked locally in the communities. Um, now I'm the senior walk director for the Alzheimer's Association. So really, I am tasked with leading staff. Um, I have a staff of five that lead, um, you know, walk to end Alzheimer's is what it's called. So large events um, across the Delaware Valley. So really, that takes a lot of organizational skills, a lot of um, executive functioning skills, um, and a lot of attention to detail and really putting together um, a vision for committees uh, to make these events happen. You know, they're volunteer led. So I have a lot of experience with uh, volunteers, not just in my role now, but, you know, since I started working in the nonprofit space. So all of that combined, I know that's a long answer, but um, all of that combined makes me, you know, qualified to serve on the board. And, um, you know, I think also playing dodgeball for several years and now getting my own league up and running, I think gives me a different perspective of the member organizations and what, um, you know, I think we can, where we can be successful with those as well. So. Awesome. And I think that's a great answer. And, um, I have no issues with you being as thorough as possible. Um, first of all, you probably get this all the time, but thank you for your service. Um, yes, thank you. And I think one unique aspect that you have is just you, you, when it comes to, to the military, you, you bring in several people from all walks of life that have to engage with others, uh, regardless of yes. political ideals, regardless of upbringing, um, class, race, status, that whole thing and other cultures as well. So, um, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Um, well, let's take it to dodgeball. So, um, going to try to, um, look at this question uh, differently. And that is, what is your elevator pitch to describe USA Dodgeball, its mission, and what makes it unique to other sports? So uh, reading this literally, like you're in the elevator with somebody and they ask what you do yep. and boom, you're the president of US Dodgeball or on the board. Um, how would you share that with somebody completely brand new that's never seen or heard yeah. of? So uh, I would tell them that USA Dodgeball is the governing body of the sport of dodgeball. Um, our organization is dedicated to developing the sport of dodgeball nationwide. Uh, we really aim to be all inclusive as an organization, um, and we want to reach players from all different backgrounds, um, ages, genders, um, sexual orientation. Um, and we're unique um, because we uh, you know, our have flagship events uh, called our premier tours um, nationwide for players of all level of play. So that's what I would say if someone asked me in an elevator what we are. Awesome. Cool. Um, what would you say your biggest contribution to the sport of dodgeball is off the courts uh, to date? Um, I was thinking, yeah, is this the walk for Alzheimer's or is it do you want to focus on the actual dodgeball or how would you want to approach that question? Yeah, no, I can talk a little bit about, um, you know, uh, recent experience in bringing players locally um, to Premier Leagues. Um, but if it's personal, you know, like contribution in general, I can I can speak to that, too. Um, you know, because I, you know, in nonprofits, you know, there is, you know, you are, you know, serving a higher purpose, this sort of thing. So I can I can answer in that in two ways. Yeah, let's do both ways. Selfishly, I'm, I'm, okay. I would like to focus on the nonprofit aspect just because that is what USA Dodgeball is. So if you don't mind saying yep. personal level and then we can go right back to Dodgeball. Sure. Yeah. So um, 
really, I mean, uh, my grandmother had uh, dementia. And so back in 2016, I went to a walk to end Alzheimer's. I was separating from the Navy. The transition out of the military is really, it's really rough, um, even for someone who was as educated as myself. Um, and I saw this event and I was like, wow, this this looks like something that I could do. So um, I joined the Alzheimer's Association back in 2017 um, as a temp, actually, um, which was really humbling. And I uh, grew those events. Actually, I was in I was in Florida. So I worked um, in southern Alabama and the panhandle of Florida and grew those walk to end Alzheimer's the best I could. And I realized that Florida just wasn't for this um, you know, New England girl. So um, I got a job as a, a national walk manager for the Adult Congenital Heart Association. So, um, you know, basically I raised money uh, nationwide uh, for uh, congenital heart defect research um, to, you know, for adults and children who had congenital heart defects. Um, so really, that brings in a little a, a lot of experience that i pulled from the navy that you mentioned earlier about dealing with diverse populations i mean i i i know it might seem contrary to popular belief but in the experience that i have in the military there is a lot of diversity um you know as far as race is concerned and where people are coming from and their background so um that experience that i had in the military really correlated well as a national walk manager. So I was hosting walks with different people in Seattle and California and in Philly and in Boston. So, um, you know, really, you know, uh, working a lot with different people and really being flexible and, and patient because um, not everybody speaks and talks and acts just like you and um, raising funds, I think is what biggest contribution um, to that organization that I brought. Um, and then I went back to the Alzheimer's Association and um, really on our premier event, the Philadelphia Walk to End Alzheimer's. I'm proud to say it's the largest walk to end Alzheimer's in the country. Um, and really, I you know, have dedicated um, the last three years of my life um, really trying to uh, continue that uh, event being successful. And I got promoted last year, so now I'm the senior walk director, so I oversee all the staff. But um, Philadelphia was the number two fundraising walk in the country, so um, really just it's it's working in fundraising anybody who's listening that has that background it's a grind and you work really hard um to get corporate partnerships and working with volunteers um so i would say you know um that that would be my biggest contribution and i'm really proud of the work i've done uh in the nonprofit space um there so that that would be the the personal um response to that so i can go into a little bit with dodgeball if that works for you yeah absolutely thank you yeah yeah, so, um, you know, really this year was my first year really uh, being excited about going to, you know, USA Dodgeball tournaments. Um, and when USA Dodgeball was coming to uh, southern New Jersey, I was even more excited. And I had been building relationships with um, a lot of women in um, the, I didn't hadn't started my own league yet, but I was collecting women to, you know, plan to come to um, a USA Dodgeball event. Because when I went to Erie, Pennsylvania, I mean, there were only four women's teams. And I know that there's a lot more women out there who should be playing dodgeball. I mean, quite frankly, 
frankly. And I know a lot of women in Philadelphia and South Jersey that should be playing dodgeball. So um, me and a few other women worked really hard to build up um, another women's team. So we actually ended up bringing two. Um, and I also helped uh, recruit for uh, two co-ed, uh, three co-ed teams. I believe it was three co-ed teams. Um, for for that event so and that was just by me you know trying to influence and persuade and you know get people to be like look i know it might seem intimidating but it is so much fun once you go you'll be addicted um and now everybody is so excited to go back you know next year so you know um i think that you know that's a that's a way that i've contributed you know off the court and then now i mean honestly i'm, I'm making sure that everybody in my league knows how to ref um, and they feel comfortable with um, making calls on the court and then, um, you know, really growing the sport in Philadelphia. Um, and like I said earlier, I plan to do a men's only and women's only league starting next year. Um, so and that's all just, you know, me and, and my community of dodgeball players really networking and sharing the word and, and them really supporting me in that effort. So um, so that's a little bit of personal and professional. Awesome. Yeah, thank you again, because uh, I just had to take advantage of the opportunity to, again, knowing that you worked in a nonprofit and the military, a lot of experience that kind of transfers over to what I feel we could really utilize uh, moving forward. And obviously, yeah. like Kevin had said, none of these questions are meant to be a diss or a, a jab at the current board. So we're kind of just looking at this like just moving yeah, forward. Yeah, absolutely. So. Awesome. Well, speaking of looking forward, so let's say you got it. Um, what would your main priorities or goals be um, for USA Dodgeball as a board member? Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a lofty question. I think um, first I would want to assess the current committee structure that is in place right now, um, really uh, with the other leaders on the board, uh, figure out what is our main priority for the first year and the next four years moving forward, because we can't do it alone and having a functioning committee structure chain of command um is going to make us more successful and i think we just need the right people in the right roles right like i think that from what i've heard from other people you know on these committees was that you know there's lack of follow-through or you know maybe they didn't understand their role or you know whatever case may be you know i think really breaking that down and building it back up um, without, you know, taking away key aspects of that would be one of my first priorities. And I think that can be simply done by uh, us meeting maybe 15, 20 minutes with each person that's served on the committee, seeing what their interests are, because just because your background in marketing doesn't mean you necessarily want to work in promoting and in a marketing space, right? So, um, you know, I think, I, I think that that would be one of my first priorities, because I think that we need people out in the community to spread the word and, and to, to prop uh, USA dodgeball up efficiently. And if the committees aren't running efficiently, neither are, are, is the, the board. Right. Um, so I think that would be, you know, one of my first orders of business. Um, and then I think secondly, uh, I had talked about this in the town hall, scrubbing the entire member organization list. Um, I think that, providing a another platform for member organizations to promote their leagues 
Um, I think that building that re rebuilding and building and cultivating whatever you want to call it, that relationship with member organizations is going to lead to more registrations for the premier tour um, and more people being involved on the committee. Um, we just need to be in the communities and that's why we need the member organizations. So really organizing that list um, and I, I would like to see a committee that's dedicated to building relationships with member organizations. Um, I talked about, you know, partnership agreement. I think that, you know, doing cross promotion, I think would be appropriate. Um, so I think, you know, that those two things to start and then, you know, really looking at the training program that we have for referees. I'd like to see that anybody that is refing in a USA Dodgeball Premier Tour uh, take mandatory training, whether it's a video call or, you know, it's pre-recorded. Um, and there is, you know, I think uh, the leaders did a really great job in prepping everyone prior to like the game starting. But, you know, we need to ensure that we've provided the best training prior and at the event, because I think that'll make things run um, smoother. Um, and I think it's on on team captains that bring those refs to take that seriously, to to put up refs that are actually gonna make the right calls, stick to those calls, um, and report bad behavior. Awesome, can't help it. But with bad behavior, we can transition to another hot topic, and that's toxicity. Um, Ooh, yes. How would you address that? <laughs> uh, sorry, I just kind of hit you with that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of it. I mean. Um, I think there needs to be, and I think Tim Wells talked about this. We have a code of conduct. That's great. You know, everybody signs that. I'm sure not a lot of people, you know, maybe read that, but I think it, again, it comes down to training the refs to make the calls. And if someone is acting disrespectfully during a premier tour, really giving them a yellow card and having consequences, I think documentation is key. But we can't we can't allow people to pollute and take away from the fun experience of a premier tour because it's not going to help us with retention. You're going to get players that come there that are brand new to the sport and they're like, well, why would I come here when this team is over here drinking and screaming at all of us and, you know, we're not having a good time like they are not going to come back and that's not going to grow the sport and that's not going to help anybody. So, you know, I think um, that's where it starts. I think really talking to the team captains and saying that we're not going to tolerate this type of behavior. And if it happens, you know, we are going to hold your team responsible. There just needs to be consequences and we just need to be really, you know, strict about it. I think that putting together a disciplinary committee, makes sense but you know if i was elected i would want to you know once a decision is made i would want to as as a board member get the final say on what that decision is who what where when why um you know and, and documentation um because i've seen it firsthand and there are players who you know i'm obviously not going to say names but i come to a you know one of my first tournaments they're like oh watch out for that person watch out for that person and i'm like why are they even allowed to play you know, and that's that's not something that, you know, should, in my opinion, continue. But um, it's it's a it's a complicated and very challenging, I think, issue. You know, so I I think it's something that the board is going to have to work on together and, and come up with a cohesive plan. I mean, I think that's that's where we have to start. Um, but it's yeah, I mean, it's tough. It's 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 tough. It definitely is, especially um, I mean, toxicity is. It's going to vary across the board. Um, 
from person A to yeah. person B, but I like right. I like the simple like concept of is this polluting the atmosphere? Is this detrimental to yes. the growth? Is it? There's st- definitely certain ways that you can establish like a baseline for what's toxic and then act on that. And um, right. to kind of transition into the other question is. Um, if someone is, is excluded from a tournament or a national team selection for reasons unrelated to dodgeball, do they have the right to know why and face the accusation? When you mean face the accusation, is it like face the accusation, meaning like they have a right to be like, I don't agree or, you know, or is the decision already made? So this is kind of like a, a loaded question. And that's, um, <laughs> you know, like if somebody post something in the private life that does not have anything to do with dodgeball and all of a sudden mm-hmm. they're a pariah or they're excluded from a tournament or and this is a, a reach they're not selected for national for a national team um mm-hmm. do they have a right to know why what their problem is and like face the accusation and can they defend themselves or do they have like a right to appeal or do they just get banned behind the shadows yeah i think we should be fully transparent with people i mean i don't think we should operate in the shadows um, because if you I learned this in the military perception is reality and if um, and and mind you I'm very in in the sense of like what the board has done what other people have done I'm I'm pretty green so I'm saying this without having prior knowledge of how this had really operated before so I just want to say that first but you know I think that if you operate in the shadows and you exclude someone they can then, you know, utilize whatever platform they have and say, you know, they banned me for X reason, whether it's valid or invalid, without that transparency there, the organization can't say no, you know, then come out and make a statement. Like, I think it should be, you know, very transparent and and, uh, lay out the accusations and say, this doesn't follow our code of conduct, which you signed when you signed up for this league or you signed up, um, that sort of thing. You know, I think we need documentation saying that they signed, you know, the code of conduct or, or whatever we want to call it. Um, and just saying that your, your behavior outside of the court is not conducive to, um, you know, USA dodgeball regulations and, um, the environment we're trying to foster. I think, you know, depending on the severity of it, you know, I think that, you know, I mean, if I if it's as bad as, you know, posting something on social media that, you know, is racist, sexist, homophobic, I mean, any of those things, that has no place here or anywhere. But, you know, especially playing on the court of, of, of a sport that is, you know, can be pretty violent, you know, so I think that that's, that's just is bad for everybody. So um, I don't think that they I, I don't think they should have a right to. Uh, combat that I think you know especially if it's something that's documented I think the board brings it to the just you know the disciplinary board we make a decision and then we inform that player that hey you're being you know excluded from the national team or from a tournament for these these reasons gotcha yeah I really like we said about it being transparent because it prevents them from creating their own narrative like oh I told you to made team USA if I didn't you know vote for this person or I would have made XYZ if I didn't do this right that could be so far from the case maybe just weren't good enough and um and so on and so forth so yeah absolutely all right so let's go back to uh another topic that I feel is is pretty hot right now and that's just growth so when you're looking at regions uh, such as the north and the south and I'm uh this has been suggested in, in the surveys multiple times so it's not just my opinion 
um, that is a concern. So how would you, or how do you plan to, to grow other regions? Yeah, I mean, again, I feel like I keep saying this, but it is it is really important to me as the, in member organizations. I think we need to build and cultivate strong relationships with those leagues or clubs that are in the community that have successful leagues um, and figure out how we can build partnerships with them to help them grow their player base and then grow our player base. Um, I think that's applicable to the South and North. Um, I also, and I know this is going to be controversial, but I'm going to say it anyways, is I think ball type um, can be a deterrent. And I'm only speaking for the North because I live in Philadelphia. I can't speak for the South, but um, it, a lot of our leagues, not all, but a lot of our leagues on the East Coast play with foam. And it can be a deterrent for a lot of players to come and play, um, you know, a predominantly no sting tournaments. Um, and I understand there is challenges with transporting, you know, no sting balls. But I mean, I, I could easily recruit four or five separate Philadelphia teams to come to a USA dodgeball tournament in our area if it was seven inch foam. I mean, I am purposely building up my league to be seven inch foam because I want to do my own tournaments in Philadelphia with seven inch foam. Um, it's friendlier to, uh, you know, to, to women. I think in my personal opinion, it's easier to throw than some of the no sting balls, um, certainly easier than cloth. So um, I, I think honestly getting a survey out there and asking the players in the South and the North specifically, what their pref uh, preferred ball type is, um, I think would help. But again, I think it just goes back to building relationships in the communities. Um, I also think that there are people, um, and I've talked to a few people at, uh, you know, sports, uh, at sports, at uh, leagues um, or at tournaments um, that want to start their own league in their communities, um, but they just don't know how. Um, and as someone who has done it pretty much by myself, as far as insurance and, you know, uh, a, a platform to collect funds, how to submit, you know, um, to be an LP or an LLC, how to do your taxes. You know, I think USA Dodgeball can help with um, being a one-stop shop to help support anybody interested in starting a league and provide resources, whether it's, you know, in-kind, uh, you know, uh, sponsorship opportunities, you know, maybe it's a set of, you know, foam or no sting balls for um, exchange in providing several players to come to a tour or whatever that partnership looks like. But I think it, it would require us to, to do those things to grow the South and the North. So um, that's, that's my thoughts there. Gotcha. Got a couple more questions left. Um... So this one, how do you plan on improving USA Dodgeball such that others could do that same thing without having to be on the board in the future or such that someone doesn't seek to work around you instead, whether that's, um, I doubt they mean that in a malicious way, but just, you know, duplicating of efforts, uh, feeling that they're not empowered. How would you uh, address that? Like, is it, you know, like if let's say a situation where I'm a board member and I didn't do X and then a, a player or a member has to do X because I couldn't follow through. Is that what that means? That's the, yeah. So that's like the latter part. The other part okay. would be somebody like me who, you know, I want to start dodgeball in Tucson, but 
you know, or I want to do something, but I'm not a board member. I don't have a fancy title, so I'm not going to do it at all. Like, how would I, how would you reach to those people and, and get them empowered and, and, and so forth? Yeah. I mean, I think it, it takes the board to set time out of their schedule to have a one-on-one -on -one meeting and really have that be an exploratory meeting and get to understand the players needs wants um and manage their expectations um and help them with whatever it is whether it's starting their own league or they want to bring players or, or really whatever the case may be i i think it's on us as leadership to um you know handle those you know i know on the website there's uh, a form you can fill out um I think it's on the board to to be held accountable to do that outreach and, and grow the sport in the community. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think we just need to be communicative and, and responsive um, to to people who reach out to us um, so they don't have to feel frustrated and, you know, maybe try to start a league, put all money in it. And because we didn't support them, it flops. Does that answer your question? It does. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, and to give a quick example, I mean, most, in my opinion, from what I've seen, like Elite Dodgeball, for example, they tried to work with the NDL so many times before they broke off and did their own thing. So obviously that mm. did work out in our benefit because the NDL was terrible. But um, I do see a lot of that happening where, you know, a lot of, for whatever reason, people seem impatient. So they're going to go off and do something on their own. And I feel like the person that asked this question is trying to, um, you know, how are we going to mitigate that moving forward? So that way we're all working together and not against each other yeah. and competing for an already very obscure sport. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it is, I think it is hard, you know, it seems the, you know, that it's, it is hard to field all those questions, but I don't see why we couldn't, you know, ask a volunteer position to be opened up to field some of those questions to the appropriate parties. Like if it is something in relation to starting their own team and if I'm on the board, like I would probably be, you know, the best person to talk to if that's what the board looks like. Or if, you know, someone else uh, has really, you know, wants to talk about clinics or create or merging or, or whatever, you know, I think we can make those assessments as, as they come. But yeah, I think it's, you know, I would like to see that communication also be improved. Gotcha. So, uh, Lucas, he had reached out, uh, cause I did ask this question to Brett, but I think I might've not botched it cause I still got a, a good answer out of him, but he did ask, um, how will you continue to support the growth of the sport? Even if you don't get elected, so we're kind of on that subject. Yeah. I mean, I wanted to, you know, and, and I, I worlds was happening and I had reached out after going to a league and I was like, please, I have all this volunteer management experience and, you know, executive experience. Uh, and you know, and I'm, I, I'm obsessed with this sport. So like, I want to help. Um, but you know, I, I, I wasn't, um, you know, given that opportunity, there was a lot of things happening at the time, which I totally understand. Um, that's not a, that's not a diss on anyone. Um, there's just a lot happening at that time. Um, so I can, I plan to serve in whatever way I can moving forward. And I, I hope that the board, you know, does formulate, um, committees that have clear actionables and, um, are, you know, purposeful because, you know, everybody's time is important. And, you know, I, I, I think I have the skills to grow this sport, whether on the board or not. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'll be on whatever anybody needs me to 
needs me to do. So happy to happy to serve in that way. Awesome. Then the last question I have is, um, and if hopefully one hasn't happened yet because of the the new leagues, um, but you can use a personal example. But tell us about a time where you faced an issue in the dodgeball community and how you overcame it. Yeah, that's a good that's a good question. Um, I mean, there's there are there are several um, experiences that I've had not in my leagues yet. Um, oh, you know what? I can use one that happened um, that happened recently. Um, so we had a player who um, his arm is amazing. Like he is probably one of the fastest throwers I've ever seen. Um, but he throws at base level. I mean, he it without him thinking about it, he hits people in the face a lot. And I don't have a headshot rule um, because it's foam dodgeball. Um, however, we started noticing a pattern that he was doing a lot of headshots. He hundred percent, not on purpose. Like it is the, the manner, his mechanics and the way he threw, but even still, you know, I wanted to address it with him. So, you know, I pulled him to the side and said, Hey, listen, try to release a little bit later. It'll make the world of a difference because a player got really upset about it and thought it was it was personal. Like he was trying to do headshots. So I really had to pull them both aside separately, just have that kind of calm. Like I understand, you know, it's, it's USA, it's, it's, you know, a foam ball and he, you know, maybe shouldn't be as upset as he is from you hitting him in the face. But if you could just try to release a little bit lower because I want to create a good experience for everyone in my league. And I don't want people to come to my league and think, oh, well, I'm going to get hit in the face most likely, you know, like I don't want anybody to have a bad time. So I dealt with that, um, you know, on the side. And then, you know, I also went up to the player and just said, look, he's not doing it on purpose, you know, take a breath and we'll talk about it after. Um, and when, you know, clearer heads prevailed, you know, the player that got upset uh, did apologize um, and it was squashed. I mean, we squashed it and we moved on with our lives. You know, no one was, there's no contention, you know, but I think it takes, I think you have to address those issues head on as a leader, league manager, whatever your role is, and, you know, pull the players aside, explain the situation, and just try to create the best experience as possible. I mean, you're going to get people who are, you know, toxic and experience bad behavior, um, but I, I don't have that in my league yet. <laughs> Hopefully we don't ever have that, but, um, you know, I address these issues head on, um, you know, and, and so that's that's one of the, the issues that I, I faced um, recently. Nice. Yeah, I definitely hope you don't have to do it. But, um, you know, that's yeah. for me personally, that's, that's a, it's a great example of just what happens when you actually talk to the two people, and let them explain their perspectives and see how, like you said, clear heads can't prevail. Yeah. So sometimes in the just... moment, like getting hit in the face sucks like it sucks and you get instantly upset i mean actually i can't speak for other people i get instantly upset and i you know know that that person i i haven't been hit in the head where someone did it on purpose in my experience like so, but you get mad instantly but when you calm down you're like okay it was just a foam ball or it's just a no sting it hurts my pride <laughs> but i'm okay and then you know i've experienced where you know people like i had 
one of you know the people I used to play with hit me in the face when we were in Boston and he felt horrible. He apologized and that's the type of environment I want to foster with this community um, and in my, my own league. Nice. All right, so that pretty much uh, wraps up all the questions I have. Um, definitely appreciate your time, but before we wrap this up, are there any closing statements you'd like to leave us with or um, how would you want to close this out? Yeah, I mean, I I hope that, um, you know, uh, people, you know, appreciated some of the, the things that I had mentioned, um, you know, prior about the member organizations and growing the committee structure. Um, one of my main initiatives, though, that I didn't talk about was that I really want to grow the sport for women. I think there's a lot of women out there that if we make it, you know, make this you know, board and initiatives moving forward, uh, you know, women friendly or, or, you know, those who identify as women friendly, um, you know, I think we'll be better for it. I think that we can make the numbers of women coming to tournaments comparable to the men. Um, and I think that just takes um, us strategizing, getting in the communities um, and inviting more women to play and, and just creating a fun and, and you know, safe and inclusive um, environment. So, um, that's what I would say. I mean, I, I really appreciate this opportunity, not only to, to run for the board, um, but also just to share a little bit more about myself and my thoughts. Um, so I, you know, I appreciate the platform and if anybody has any questions, they can always reach out to me. Awesome. Well, like I said earlier, I appreciate your time, uh, Samantha, and it was, it was great being able to, you know, offer you and, and everybody else that has taken me up on this so far a chance to kind of speak and not have to rush all these things into a two or three minute um, you know, time slot. So definitely glad you did that and wish you the best of luck. And uh, we'll go ahead and end the segment here.